Well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Today is February 24th, 2014, and this is broadcast number 59. And as usual, I'm your host. I say it every time. I am William Hill. And not only am I the host of the podcast, but I am also a student at Greenville Seminary. And today we have the pleasure of talking with two first-year students who have made the trek throughout their educational careers to the hallowed halls of Greenville Seminary, and we'll be speaking with uh, these two gentlemen in just a minute. Let me give everybody a little bit of an update about what we're doing on the podcast. Uh, In recent days, we've been working diligently to present to you, the listener, information related to our annual Spring Theology Conference, which will be held March 11th through the 13th. It's held right here in Greenville, South Carolina, about a mile or so from the seminary. So it's an excellent opportunity not only to engage and to be informed and hear great conference speakers and to fellowship with other uh, brothers and sisters in the faith, but it's also an opportunity for you to see the seminary if you've never seen it before and to interact with the professors, the staff here at Greenville. So that is March 11th through the 13th. And if you want more information about that, you can find it on our website at gpts.edu. In addition to that, as I typically say about this point every podcast, we do have a mobile app. I asked our guest today if they had it. They both said that they did, which was probably good for them that they did. Um, But yes, we have a mobile app. It's available free, iOS and Android devices. Simply go to the respective stores and download it, do a search, and you should be able to find it relatively easily. In addition to that, we do have a website, confessingourhope.com. There you can get past broadcasts. You can find out how to subscribe through RSS. And you can even listen to the program right there on the website as well. So either way, take advantage of these opportunities. They're available free for you, the listener, to use. Also, don't forget about our monthly podcast with Dr. Joseph Piper, who is the president of the seminary. Each month we sit down with him and we take questions from you, the listener, on matters of theology or practical Christian living, you simply submit your question to him through me, through the website at confessingourhope.com, and then he handpicks a select number of questions each month to deal with on the air. So it's your opportunity as a listener to actually dictate to us what we're going to discuss on the program. And if we do read your question on the air, we will send you a book. We have a list of books there on the website that we will send to you free of charge, postpaid, the whole nine yards. You just got to write the question, and Dr. Piper has to pick it. And just for your information, I have no influence, so don't write me any kind of emails hoping you'll get on the air because I don't influence it one way or the other. Usually, I don't find out until about 10 hours before the program what's going to be posted, what's going to be read. So, But use it. To your, um, however you'd like. Um, if you have any theological questions, go ahead and submit them through the website at confessingourhope.com. Now, as I indicated, today we'll be doing what we've done in the past. We have sat down with, um, typically we sit down every year with graduating students of Greenville Seminary to talk about their four years here at the school, their experiences, things that they liked, didn't like, you know, those kinds of things. This and as in addition to that, each year we sit down with first-year students, and we typically do it about this point in the pro, in their school career, their school life, because it's given them a chance to at least get one semester behind them, and then we can have a really hopefully informed and um, 
edifying conversation about what seminary life has been for like for them thus far. So if you're interested in a seminary education, or perhaps you feel the Lord has called you in that direction, um, this is a kind of interview that you kind of get the insider's view on what it's really like. I mean, there's theory, and then there's reality, and... Um, well, anyway, we'll let the gentleman tell us a little bit more about that. But we have um, Mr. Sam Ketchum in studio, as it were, in my office in studio. It's a studio right now, but in an hour or so, it'll be my office again. So we have Mr. Sam Ketchum. He is um, halfway through his first year here at Greenville. And then also Mr. Michael Spangler, who, in addition to being a student, is also a lecturer in Latin. Um, kind of a funny story there, but we won't go there. Um, but he's helping the, the student body out, teaching ecclesiastical Latin, which is a huge benefit. So, gentlemen, it's great to have you on today to talk candidly with us um, about seminary life. And that's the whole purpose of why we're here. But before we do that, why don't we start with Michael and just tell us, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe your background, were you raised in a Christian home, are you married? Um, you know, those kinds of things. Well, thanks, Bill, for having me. Um, I am a first-year student here and a lecturer in Latin, which I love. I think the funny story is that Bill used to be in my class for how long? One week? Anyway. I was in there for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try again this fall, Lord willing. Oh, oh, that's right. I, I'm not alone in this story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I forgot that Sam also bailed out, too, um, just for in the interest of full disclosure for the poor guy who is at my mercy uh, this afternoon, at least for an hour or so. But he's bigger than me. But other than that, yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Um, so I am happy here at Greenville, and it's been a long road to get here. I was born in a Christian home, but a liberal home. And my upbringing led me to some ways that really weren't honoring to God, but he changed my mind in college about the authority of the Bible. And that brought me into the OPC which I'm happily in now, been a member at Providence OPC in Greensboro. My pastor is Ari Van Eyck. I am a, a deacon there. I've been ordained for about a year now. And I have, I took about three years there of time in which my session spent time assessing my gifts for the ministry, giving me opportunity to teach, also to lead devotions at nursing homes. And those were very helpful opportunities for me as to develop gifts. <clears throat> At the end of that time, they were uh, they were happy with what they saw. I was sent on to the presbytery, and I came under care. And then at that time, I was applying for seminary, came to Greenville, only applied here. I'm very happy with this place and have been loving my studies. I was just married two weeks ago, in fact. Hence my comment about if you're married or not. <laughs> yes, and very happy. My wife, Melissa, and I are but loving life here. Tell the listeners a little bit about that. It's an interesting story, um, sure. one that the student body prayed for uh, for weeks, actually. Yes. Um, and, uh, but it, it was, it's a great story of God's providence and working in what was otherwise a rather curvy path to, um, to marriage. Sure. Uh, just in brief, my fiancé is from, or my wife now, is from Canada, her dad comes down to North Carolina where I lived for business twice a year. And when he does, he's there on a Sunday, stays at our church and worships with us. And I got to know him for about three years. And then one day out of the blue, he sent me an email asking if I'd like to get to know a Canadian girl. Turned out to be his daughter. And <laughs> Wow, that's funny. We, uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> we 
emailed for two months and then I met her. And um, yeah, six months later, we were engaged. Yeah, it's great. And the part that you were mentioning about prayer was that the seminary, as well as many others, were praying for the progress of our fiancé visa, which, thank the Lord, we got. But probably about five months after we had expected it, Mm -hmm. we had, I think, four different wedding dates. But thank God, we were married February 8th. Yep. And we are loving, married life, grateful to God. Yeah, it's great. For all his mercies. I, I've been married. Most people know I've been married 26 years, and I don't regret even a second I was made to be married. And um, anyway, it's wonderful. Sam, a little bit about yourself. Yes, I am Sam Ketchum, 30 years old. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, born and raised in Alabaster. I have wonderful parents, Dr. Byron and Patty Ketchum. I'm one of nine kids. Uh, let me think. Well, what, where do you rank in that nine? I'm the fifth. To show, okay, so you're the middle child. Right. Or one of the middle. Right. I'm the fifth. I'm the dead center. Uh, want, love my family. Uh, wonderful family. Very thankful uh, to God for that. Grew up in a PCA church, Evangel Presbyterian in Alabaster. Uh, Helena, actually now. Uh, Dr. Jeff Lohman was my pastor. Enjoyed his preaching and just that the whole church uh, environment. Was an athlete, played a lot of sports, decided I wanted to go into the Army. Did that in 2003 and commissioned as a second lieutenant in 2007. Served in the Army for six years. I got married in 2009 to Dorsey Tippett of Opelika, Alabama. Best thing I've ever done. And we have three children. One's not born yet. Uh, Seaborn, Sarah James, and name or and sex not disclosed yet so but uh that's me in a nutshell excellent it's just interesting i knew uh sam uh, you were if i remember correctly were you you were taking classes by distance at one time yes okay i got to know sam a little bit um on the brief excursions he would have here or somehow over the internet in some capacity but um so i knew sam a little bit before he came to the seminary you both didn't talk about any previous education maybe you did and i I missed it um sam any bachelor's degree yes i went to the united states military academy at west point new york okay Mm -hmm. it's a great privilege love it a lot of good Mm -hmm. friends uh blessed of god there excellent i have a very good friend who is also a huge yankee fan Um, who went to West Point? I'm not he, a Yankee. He fan. grew up. He grew up up there, though. So that was like being at home, even though he was at school. Um, but anyway, how about you, Michael? Uh, my parents kindly provided for me to finish four years at Davidson College, a liberal arts college in North Carolina, yep. with a strong Presbyterian history. And I was very blessed there. Studied music, but got a broad liberal arts background, and have a BA. Yep. I listened to the radio station. That is put out by oh yeah Davidson College eighty nine point nine. It's yep. a very good class. I listen to it on the on tune in. I'm a big, everybody knows I'm a big tech tech nut, and I have a yeah. Roku. And so when I'm home, I tune into it through that oh, yeah. through the internet. So um, every time I do that, I think of your that you took your undergrad there. Now, obviously, as you considered where to go to seminary, maybe it wasn't much of a decision. Maybe it wasn't something that you had to really think about. But if you're like most people, it's a decision that's a big decision. Um, and in the United States, you could pretty much go anywhere. And we've got seminaries in all four corners of the country. 
Why Greenville? Let's start with Sam on this. Why, do you, why Greenville Seminary as opposed to perhaps someplace else? Good question. When I decided I wanted to go to seminary, so I was 29, 28, something like that, in Savannah, still active duty Army, two kids, or one kid at that time. Uh, my point is this, that money, <laughs> just to be it's, honest. It's honest. Um, you know, how am I going to finish my seminary uh, education without being in debt or, you know, at least controlling it to some degree? Mm-hmm. And Greenville is, I love, I love that aspect of Greenville, that you don't have that cloud over your head. Uh, at least I don't, and most students don't because of the price is so affordable. So that was a big factor. It wasn't the only factor. I'm also on the conservative end of the PCA, and so it wrapped my alley with some, some of the uh, <clears throat> distinctives, the language focus of the seminary and the preaching focus. Mm. Uh, I really did not know much about Greenville, uh, to be honest. I really didn't. I heard about Westminster. I knew about RTS Jackson and Charlotte. In fact, I took some from R- some online classes from RTS, which I enjoyed. But I know a lot more about Greenville now, obviously. But back back then, uh, I didn't know much. And I, I'm from the South, from Alabama, so I kind of like the location as well. Sure. How did you, if you didn't know much about it, how did you come to find out about it? Yes, my pastor in Savannah told me about Greenville, told me about Dr. Piper, spoke positively of it, and gave me it as an option, and I looked into it. But I really did not know much about mm. Green. I didn't even know what the OPC was. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hit me. Sp- spoken like a true PCA guy. <laughs> yeah, because we're the only Presbyterians, right? <laughs> you know, I, I was just going to make a comment about that as I, you know, it, it, there's sort of a friendly, um, at least in my time here, three years, three and a half years. Um, no, two and a half years. Can't do math. Um, there's always been this sort of that friendly rivalry, as it were, between the OPC and the PCA guys. So I just found it interesting um, when we interviewed the first year guys last year, second two years ago, both PCA in the room. But when I interviewed the fourth year guys last year, I had an OPC and a PCA guy in the room. But really, it was two PCA guys, but one jumped ship and went to OPC. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never had I've never had two guests, two students in studio, as it were, who are on different sides of the line, as it were. Mm. Now we're all on the same side of the line, but That's I right. think everybody knows what I mean by that, right? Of course. Um, but uh, now, uh, speaking of that, you uh, you also didn't tell us what are you doing right now, Sam? I'm an intern. Love it, absolutely love it. And where's Mount that? Calvary, PCA in Roebuck, South Carolina, which is really Spartanburg. It's about a forty minute commute. We just moved over there. Uh, love it. It's great. awesome. Richard Thomas is the pastor there. Yep, great guy. I really appreciate him quite quite a bit. Been a big help, big help in many ways. Um, Michael, why Greenville? I mean, I could get if I had to guess one of the reasons, it would be your pastor. But tell us. Well, the easiest way to say why is that my session sent me here. Yep, good. But I would have chosen Greenville on my own, and I did. In fact, um, the biggest reason for Greenville to me was the product. Mm-hmm. The men that I know from Greenville are the best preachers and pastors that I know in any of the Reformed churches. Hmm. We're particularly blessed in North Carolina to have a number of OP churches with Greenville grads, and um, my pastor, Ari Van Eyck, certainly shines among yep. them. He's sure. a dear friend, spiritual father to me, and I 
could see clearly that Greenville had shaped him to be the pastor he was, and I wanted that same shaping. We, he introduced Dr. Piper to me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I very much admire him. Would love to model his ministry as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so those things to me were the greatest selling point. But the on-paper commitments, too, are meaningful, especially since they're really lived out here. The commitment to the Westminster standards, to mm. me, is very meaningful. In the OPC, we value them very highly. Mm. And I would as a pastor as well. And I think they are an accurate summary of what the Bible teaches. And so binding ourselves to that confession gives us great unity. Also just gives me great relief. I'm not here in seminary to fight a battle. Nope. I'm not here to change my professor's minds. I'm here to learn, and I'm really glad that I can trust what my professor's is teaching is biblical. Yep, and each year, um, for those who don't know, um, one of the things that the students get to witness um, at um, convocation, I always want to confuse the two, but maybe because I'm getting closer to the other one. Um, (laughs) But at convocation each year, as you both have seen, uh, the board of trustees as well as the faculty of the school sign and give a pledge publicly to their commitment to the Westminster Standards. And mm-hmm. to me, that I remember my first year, that meant a lot to me, because as Michael has indicated, to me that is also a very huge deal. And um, when I see my professors take that public commitment and make that public commitment and vow before the Lord that they will uphold the Westminster Standards, just like Michael said, we don't have to worry about that in class. We're not going to have to rustle through whether the standards are right or wrong. We get what the standards teach, and mm-hmm. we don't have to do those battles. What else? Yeah. Other reasons? The The price is attractive to me. I, I would have made a greater sacrifice if there was a better school, though. I'm convinced that Greenville is the best Reformed mm-hmm. seminary that I know of, certainly in the U.S., perhaps in the world. Yep. And that's because of its faithfulness to the Bible. Yep. I totally agree. And a funny story, maybe you don't know. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. Um, your pastor has, was um, played a key role for me, at least in some way. Um, when I first came down here as a first-year student, mm-hmm. um, I was separated from my wife for about two months. Mm-hmm. And your hometown, where the, where the OPC church there, I forget now off the top, where is it again? Greensboro, North Thank Carolina. You. Greensboro is about midway point between where my wife was in Norfolk, Virginia, and where I am here in Greenville. Oh, yeah. Kind of midpoint. Not exactly, but close enough. And uh, I hadn't seen my wife in weeks, and I was getting aggravated with that mm-hmm. fact. And um, so Andy Wartman, who's the librarian here at the school, suggested I just call Ari Van Eyck, and uh, he'll work it out. You guys can meet there, and he'll get he'll set you up, take care of housing and everything. And I said, I can't do that. Guy doesn't know me from anybody. He has never heard of me. <laughs> so I said, Well, you know, I can't nothing to lose. And so I sent him an email, and he responded almost immediately. And uh, he said, Look, I'll work all the details out. You just go. You you do what mm-hmm. you got to do, but I will work all the details out, and I'll get back to you. But make plans for this weekend. I said, Wow, that's remarkable. Well, little did I know. And he did. He worked everything out. Got us set up with housing. Uh, we, we worshiped at the OPC church that week. Uh, Dr. Dyer was preaching that weekend. Mm-hmm. That's when I first met you, yes. I believe. And, um, but little did I know, and this is the, really the crux of the story, is that Pastor Van Eyck was on vacation when that happened. Wow. He took the time while he was on vacation mm-hmm. to make that work, and he didn't even know me. Yeah. So I, I've always had a fond place in my heart for 
him because of that. And uh, even though that was about three years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, he's a real servant of Christ. Yes. And sure. very joyful man, both mm-hmm. him and his brother, um, both. Um, anyway. So you've been in school now. You've been at Greenville. You, of course, both West Point, and then you've got an undergraduate degree as well, so you know a little bit about the academic rigor. Mm-hmm. Is Has the expectation more or less what you thought it would be like coming to seminary? Let's start with Sam. It's what I th- thought it would be. It's not easy. Of course, if you're taking things seriously, then then uh, it's as hard as you want to make it. Mm. I mean, Hebrew and Greek's pretty much... I mean, <laughs> dive in yeah i've never heard that before i probably said that every day in my first couple of years with greek i've not Hebrew. been disappointed though that's for sure i, I think i've uh, i mean it's certainly possible you can go to a seminary and be like man you know not really learning mm-hmm. anything but that's mm-hmm. not the case um i mean i have my favorite instructors just like probably michael does but i mean all the instructors are great i mean they just feed you and that's not you know i mean I'm, it's no exaggeration so sure mm-hmm. how about you michael well it is what I expected as well. But I also understood coming from Davidson that I wouldn't find the place here that I had there. Mm-hmm. Davidson College is a very expensive school. It's rather prestigious, and it has some of the best teachers in the world in their fields. And it's hard to replicate that at a small reform seminary, sure. understandably. Sure. So academically, it's different. But also, as a seminary, in some ways, that makes sense. We're not training the greatest academics in the world. We want faithful preachers, and God mm-hmm. calls all sorts. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that Greenville, among Reformed seminaries, has higher academic standards than most. Yep. I think that is admirable, and I would love to see an even greater increase in the academic standards here. And it's really up to the churches, though. Right. Um, I'm grateful the OPC has high standards for its preparation of ministers, mm-hmm. but I think we could go higher. Yep. And God gave me a taste for that, for what the benefit of high standards are through my education. So I, like, like Sam, am challenged and find that you, you do have the challenge you make. That's right. There's plenty of work I can do outside of class, ways I can challenge myself, and then ways, too, outside of studies, serving in the church, for example, in which I am preparing for ministry as well. Yep. Sam, what's been your biggest struggle as a seminary student? Oh, that's a good question. Not loving it too much. Hmm. Yeah, just having a wife and a family and keeping my, my f- the spirituality of my family uh, as a focus. When I first started, I, I came here in the summer, took a few summer classes before the actual year started, and I... Um, <clears throat> it's just always a struggle. <laughs> you don't want to work too hard. Come home, spend time with the wife and kids. And uh, it's by a little bit of my army coming in, working too hard. Pace myself, so let it soak in. Well, Sam's being awfully um, humble, um, so I can brag on him. I can brag on him a little bit because I'm I'm here, as most people know. I'm in. I'm here pretty much all the time. Uh, aside, well, anyway, I'm here a lot, and uh, I, I walk by the library, and, and who's in the library at eight thirty in the morning? Sam. Who's in the library at 5 o'clock in the afternoon? Sam. I mean, the man works hard. There's no question. I've seen it in my own eyes. Um, he's always there, and he takes his lunch break. Sometimes his family comes up, and he has lunch with his wife and kids, which is a great great thing to do. Um, I did that when I worked in the business world. My wife would meet me for lunch so we could just have that time. Mm-hmm. And um, so so I've seen it. 
and it, it, and as Michael was even indicating, it, it'll pay off as you apply those things um, mm-hmm. going forward because it's gonna, you think it's rough academically now, but you start taking courses with Dr. Piper and <laughs> you really get, well, you'll find out. <laughs> It's fun, though. Michael, what about you? And, and interesting, too, I, I should point this out before I get get to you, is that there's a different dynamic as well as with the two gentlemen uh, here. Um, Sam's been a, a husband and a father for... I went on five years. Five years, and then Michael's just been married. So the little bit of a di- different dynamic and different... That means tension is, is pulled in different directions because of that fact. Uh, Michael doesn't have any children. Um, me, as everybody knows, I've, my children are grown and have gone on and been married and, and doing their thing. So it's just my wife and me. And you, of course, you have a wife and kids. And so that attention is being yanked in different directions all the time. But what about you, Michael? Challenge, new challenges, different challenges coming mm-hmm. to seminary? Time management has always been a challenge for me in every area. Seminary. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that about you. Seminary complicates that. There's wow. a, There are a lot of deadlines yeah. and... Part of the life of a seminarian is that it's not strictly scheduled. I do have class, but the rest of the time is what I make of it. That's actually a great challenge. I know it's a great preparation for the ministry. The Lord's given me great help, and my wife is one of the greatest mm-hmm. helps. Mm-hmm. I already see that in the yeah. two weeks we've been married. So thank God for her. I, I do find that to be a challenge. Um, it's also hard for me to be away from my home church. Mm-hmm. As a deacon and a member of that church, it's, it feels like my heart's in two places. I am happy to settle here and to serve here. But that's hard. I think that's natural. Mm-hmm. That's right. There, there is a need for a distant seminary education that is at a distance from your home. Uh, resident seminary education, I'd say. But I'm eager to go back. My mm-hmm. heart is in Greensboro mm-hmm. in the triad. I'd love to serve there, perhaps with Pastor Ari, if the Lord allows. And I find that difficult to be away from home yeah I, I can imagine especially knowing a little bit about your home church and the, the familial of the, the family life mentality that 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 church has i mean i was yes. there once and i could tell right away immediately people who didn't even know me were willing to take me into their home let me sleep there and mm-hmm. i mean so it was, it was very obvious I, i'll add though that the church here covenant opc has been that as well mm-hmm. a great family very encouraging Melissa and I are both blessed under Pastor Peter's ministry, so we are quite happy here. I want to come back to something you said earlier that is, um, I think, a big, big part of preparing men for the ministry. Um, you mentioned that your session sent you here. Mm. How, in your opinion, as you assess things and uh, even early on in your seminary life, uh, how important is that? Exceedingly. This is something I would want every person considering seminary and definitely every session, considering sending someone to think about. My session did it well. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful because they understand that it's the church that sends and trains ministers. It's not the seminary, and it's not the individual seminarian. Yep. And so from the beginning, it's been clear to me that my session is my leader, that they are the ones that will send me on. They're the ones that will give their approval to pre- to presbytery. Of course, presbytery for coming under care depends very heavily on their evaluation of me. Yep. And even in the licensure process, they continue to depend on them. And then they're the ones that shepherd and care for me while I'm here. And that's just 
reflects the way that Christ calls ministers. Mm -hmm. It's not simply an inward call. I can want to go to seminary, all that I want. I can want to be a pastor. Mm. But if my session doesn't see the gifts in me, the qualifications according to 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, Mm -hmm. then I have no business coming here. And more than that, I have no business bringing my family here. Mm -hmm. I was a single man, so it's easier, but, but... Say someone had a family and just had a desire to go to seminary, he uproots all of his family, comes here, not even sure if he's called to the ministry. We don't yeah. even do that for for right, secular that. employment. Right. That's right. And so God protects us from that kind of poor decision-making if we submit to right. the rule he's given us. And I admit one thing that's hard for seminarians is that sessions don't often think that way no. mm. about sending people. I'm grateful that Greenville takes steps to make sure the session is on board. Um, you mean you don't come to seminary to get gifted? <laughs> no, you come to seminary to confirm and strengthen the gifts yeah. God's given you. That's yeah, a, f- a favorite line of mine um, that I think happens far too often. Um, and I'm, of course, speaking very generally, I know lots of people listen to this. Um, but this, this uh, reason I raise this issue is it's such an important point. And in fact, um, Greenville does ask that question. Um, mm-hmm. for men on their application. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's just a critical piece that I think has to be in place. I went through the same type of thing in, in uh, my church up in Virginia where um, it was brutal, but it was good Yes, and um, to, to work through. And I see the difference in men who have it and men who don't. Yep. It gives me a great drive and desire. I'm convinced so far as I can know, that I'm called to the ministry. Mm-hmm. And that gives me great zeal in my studies yep. and encouragement, too. Sam, you mentioned that your pastor was an, a, a very um, instrumental in helping you think through this. Did you, was this your, your experience? And I know that's somewhat of a loaded question. but um. Right. No, I, I agree with Michael. And I had a very similar experience, not quite as formal as, as Michael's. But uh, basically, I was in Savannah and felt a strong inward call. Mm. My pastor gave me opportunities to teach, mm-hmm. and I even preached, if you want to call it that. And he exhorted, exhorted, exactly. <laughs> and you never know, Doctor Piper might yeah. listen to this. Program. <laughs> and uh, come to Greenville, and you'll find out all about that little comment. And anyway, uh, go ahead, Okay, Russo. Um, <clears throat> and that was encouragement because he he said, Doctor Neil Stewart, dear friend of mine, he's my pastor in Savannah. He said, you know, Sam, if you get out of the army, I'd you know, I'd, I'd like to take you on here, possibly. You know, in other words, like I would like mm-hmm. to take you on. I, I see the gifts, so I, I just kept pursuing it. The army wouldn't let me leave at that time. I went to Columbus, different pastor, different church, uh, but they allowed me to continue to uh, teach Sunday school class. I preached there once, and I came here with a very strong inward call and and the approval of those two churches. Um, it wasn't a formal sending, but. But I agree with what he's talking about, and I think it's, as a side note, uh, Michael said it, the inward call is not enough. And uh, It's just the beginning. I don't say that arrogantly. I just... Well, I think I, the Apostle I, Paul it's, makes It's that a terrible clear. thing to see, see someone preaching and pastoring, and, and you just kind of wonder if he really should have been there. Um, that's just a general comment. <laughs> I know what you mean, but the Apostle Paul touches on this, I think, in First Timothy 3, if a man aspires to this office, that's a good thing, but that's not right. enough. I mean, desiring it is one thing. Having it is another. And that's why the external call is so vitally important. If the congregation in a session doesn't see it, um, we're not talking about perfect. 
We're not talking right. about, oh, you know, you got all your I's dotted and your T's crossed and you're right. ready to roll. We're talking about, you know, at least in some raw form, the gifts exist. Mm-hmm. Um, then if, if they don't see it, then you know what? It, you know, it's possible you've convinced yourself something that's just not there. And um, it happens a lot, I think, in the church. Um, but, yeah, it's an important piece. And you hear more about that as you're here, obviously, as you go through your classes. Now, speaking of classes, I've just got to ask. And now you could be honest here, and I want you to be. Um, which class has you have you benefited from the most? We'll start with Michael on this one. So far, you've been here. Now you're in a little bit different track than Sam uh, because you've had some right. past Greek and other courses, so you're in a little bit different track as far as progress. But of that, what class do you would you say at this point you have benefited the most from? Well, I'd say first that Sam and I are kind of in the same boat. He took classes before he came, and so we're both in I a think little odd Greek, situation. I think in Greek, you're a semester apart? Um, a year, I think. A year. A year in intermediate Greek. Yes. And he's in at the end of his first year of Greek. Okay. Right. And I've loved Greek. It's been a joy. But my the most useful class to me last semester was definitely hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. That was a joy. Dr. Curdo taught it, and... I really appreciated particularly one book, Principles of Biblical Interpretation by Louis Burkhoff. Yep. It was terse. Classic. It was helpful. Um, just really helped me think about how to interpret the Bible. This semester, it was technically winter, but intro to homiletics with Dr. Piper. Everybody loves that class. It was a great blessing. Uh, Presbyterian history with Dr. Wilwin was really fun. And you went on the and tour? I went on the tour. So so was it everything I said it was? Columbia. And when I said you guys were really going to enjoy it, you went on the tour. I, yes. I didn't doubt it. We were together. Yeah, we were together. <laughs> we, we didn't doubt it, but yeah. I was very pleased. Just for the listener's sake, in case you're wondering, what was that all about? Every year, uh, Dr. Nick Wilborn, um, he teaches church history here at the seminary, and he takes the Presbyterian church history students on a tour of some of the big name places, as it were, in Southern Presbyterian history. So you get to go to Columbia and see First Pres, where old Columbia Seminary was. You get to go to Charleston. You get to see um, the grave of James Henley Thornwell and John Lafayette Gerardo and a bunch of... It's just men you read about all the time, but then you get there in those places where they actually labored and ministered, and it just changes everything about your thoughts about these men. It's really remarkable. It's sweet, and it was a secret then, but... I was planning on a, the honeymoon in Charleston, and so I got a little preview and showed Melissa a few of the churches while we were there. Yeah, my wife's still begging me to take her to Charleston so I can show her all the places that I went. I loved it so much that I went twice. Yeah, because it I was think I'll go again. Such a, it was such a blessing, and it was so energizing and motivating, yeah. and just to be in these great these places where God that God used so tremendously through the 1800s, especially in early 1900s, and. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm glad you said that because um, that was one of my favorite first-year classes. I, it was just really exciting. What about you, Sam? Favorite class I've been or one that's had the of, most influence? Well, that's the benefit of going second. <laughs> you get time to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's going to ask me that no, question. No, I, I personally love languages. So Greek, I love Greek. That's just more probably a personal thing. I kind of piggyback on the hermeneutics comment and the uh, – Dr. Piper's uh, homiletics class. Dr. Piper's homiletics class is 
phenomenal. Yeah. I would add apologetics. Dr. Curto blew my mind with Van Til. I'm still trying to digest all that. I know that's a debate out there. When you get to that point, can you let me know? Because uh, uh, I'm still working through it. I know there's a debate between classical apologetics and, and presuppositionalism, but... Uh, Not here. Hit, hit, <laughs> Out there, and, and <laughs> but I'm getting more and more convinced of that. And that, that, was, that was something that man, I was just like, man, I've never even thought about that. Uh, I have great respect for Archie Sproul, and I really do. But I, you know, I, I, he just really challenged my thoughts on how to do apologetics. I'm just mm-hmm. man, I and I'm still working through it, but uh, so that apologetics, I'll probably add to, to that. Fancy apologetics, uh, I'm taking that now and just continuing to to work through those things. Let me ask uh, this question. Obviously, uh, we're in Greenville, and uh, I, I was looking at um, some demographics of the area as it compares to other seminaries in other areas of the country. How have you found uh, this area? Mm. Maybe you haven't. You both, I don't presumably, have never lived here um, before. So you moved here. Um, Michael came as a single man, is going to leave as a married man, and Sam came as a married man with children. Um, how have you found? We'll start with. Um, Sam, how have you found this area? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're talking more about the spiritual atmosphere, the church. Well, I'm talking about that as, that as well as just, yeah. you know, the region sure. and, and that kind of well, thing. Well, I'm, I'm a Southerner. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I love, we're still in South Carolina, so this is, uh, you know, it's more North than, than <laughs> Birmingham, but anyway. Nobody's perfect. I know, I know, you're not from the <laughs> South. Uh, no, I love Greenville. It's a great, uh, great area. I'll start with the church scenario. I was coming from an area that was, um, was pretty weak on reformed ch- churches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like probably very weak, uh, given the size of the place. But Greenville's got several churches to go to that are wonderful, and that's important as a seminary student. So ARP, OPC, you know, PCA, what, whatever. There's some reformed Baptist churches around here, I, I believe. So that's kind of a shout out to those people out there. Something to think about. Greenville downtown's beautiful. Uh, a lot of stuff to do. A lot of things to do. My wife enjoys that. Uh, we go to parks and things like that. Downtown's wonderful, uh, so it's definitely an up. I, I've never been to some of the other places, uh, some of the other seminaries, but I would say that Greenville's on the upper end of that. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've I'm often, biased. <laughs> yeah, well, I've often reflected that if I had a, if it was up to me and I could raise my family anywhere, this would be a place I'd raise them. Yeah, it's great. I have the mountains within a, less than an hour drive. I have, if I really want to go to the beach, it's only four hours away. Um, but the city, the region, the area, the people are generally polite, mm-hmm. even in strange, you know, strangers. Um, it, it's just different from what I where I grew up in the kind of culture that I was involved in. Um, very friendly, warm area, by and large. Now that has its difficulties by itself, but in general, it's just a great place to grow up. What have you found, Michael, about Greenville, the area, the region? Mm-hmm. Have you had a chance to even get out and see much of it? Yes, thankfully. We just had Melissa's parents here from Canada yeah. and got to show them around. and That's been a joy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Going downtown is, is a joy. It's a lovely place. It is. I would agree with you guys that this is a warm, friendly area. I think that's the effect of the gospel. There are lots and lots of churches here, and many of them are very strong. You'll find even among non-reformed churches, uh, regularly attended evening worship on Sundays mm-hmm. and Wednesday night prayer meetings. Yeah, I think that's an indication of spiritual vitality got a number of christian universities here um it's affected the culture and that's that's really sweet to see um, we sam and i have both joined some friends downtown for street evangelism mm. and there's plenty of pushback plenty of unbelief in greenville for sure oh, sure so it's not a uh, 
Christian culture in a strict sense, but it is a lovely place to live for all those reasons. As far as cost of living, it's great. It's great. Melissa and I have a very inexpensive apartment that we're quite happy with in a lovely area. Just eight minutes from the school. Wow. So, well, I'm only 10, and Sam, I think, travels about 30. I was eight, but now I'm more like 35, 40. Yeah. That's fine. Well, that's okay. I just listen to the sermons on the... Or the podcast. <laughs> yeah, or the podcast. <laughs> right. That was his chance to plug the podcast, and he blew it. And that's why, anyway. Um, yeah, I was just reading, as I mentioned, I was going through the demographics, and I was looking at um, different places in the country where other seminaries are, and this... And where Greenville Seminary is ranks number one pretty much across the board for cost of living and all that other stuff that you would think about Hmm. when you want to move your family from wherever you may be because it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a scary thing to stop what you're doing and you get accustomed to it and pick up, load up the U-Haul or rider or whatever and drive from wherever you are to here and start over as it were. It's a big deal, and so people like to know kind of a little bit of what they're getting themselves into. Sure. And to have uh, a cost of living that we have found, even we found that moving from Virginia, which wasn't terrible compared to western New York where I grew up, this was even better than Virginia. So um, it is very manageable. But the, speaking, low, the lower you go in the United States, the better it gets. Yeah, I don't know. I've been in Florida. The gas prices there are pretty outrageous. <laughs> well, Florida. My father. Well, Florida's exception. not really the yeah. South. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I say that all the time, but, you know, there's, we got students here that don't like it when I say that in a fun way. But with that said, my father, when he, they live in Florida, when they drive up here, they try to get, this, they try to, get to South Carolina to get gas because it's, it's dramatically different from even Georgia. It is. You and you to, see it and, you see it in the roads though. There are less gas taxes, but there are also a few more potholes. Yes. Well we've had a tough winter too, but that's I'm sure factored in, but you're right. But you you don't know what potholes are. I'm glad I'll for the low you. taxes. I'll show I'd you pot- have a few potholes. I'll show you potholes. Come up to where I grew up. I'll show you potholes like okay. I've never seen. Look like craters. <laughs> you lose your whole cargoes and disappears. Comes back out hopefully the other end. But anyway, ah, a little bit of fun. Spiritually. Obviously, the emphasis here uh, at school is a lot on the academics. No question about that. But how does the school treat and and interact with the, the Christian piety? Hmm. Let's start with Sam. If you noticed, two uh, things came to mind. Yes, one the chapel services and the prayer meetings. Uh, I love chapel. Right here before lunch, we we do a forty-five minute. Uh, exhortation and we sing the hymn and pray and my my wife particularly likes Wednesdays when Dr. Piper preaches uh, and that that, inc- that gives us spirituality and that, that, that's uh, we and we're not a church but there is spirituality if you will here secondly the, the seminary encourages church membership mm-hmm. going back to kind of what Michael was saying about you getting <clears throat> taken under care and, and and sent here by your session they they they, they recognize Dr. Piper and, and the seminary recognize it they are not the church, and we need to be involved in the church. I was a member of Woodruff Road PCA when I first got here before I got an internship, and they were they were a great blessing. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. They took us in, and, that, and that's, I think, something that happens uh, consistently across the student body, which really promotes the fact that you're not just taking knowledge. You're, you're a person as well, and you, need, you have needs, and, and you need to hear a sermon, and you, you need to go to church and etc um which is important mm-hmm. and, to, and to know that the student body um will pray for you 
and with you through whatever I think issues. That, we saw that with Michael and his yes. in his wedding travels right. and, and the mock I could, prayers. I could mention several prayer requests that were answered, and and and, and on that the actual uh, prayer time, your actual prayer meeting, not not that chapel service, but your. We're my, talking my, about the Friday, t- right? Friday. We we meet on Tuesday afternoon. Most people meet Friday, but with Dr. Shaw, and it's just wonderful. It's about mm. thirty minutes, forty-five minutes of just mm. prayer, and uh, it's a great example. Spur one another on. Yep, Michael. How so, about you? I find the same blessings. Chapel is a great blessing. It's not only spiritually encouraging personally, but it's great as a model for ministry. Just to hear many different preachers. Yep. You know, I'm not one to listen a lot to sermons online, so this is a good thing for me just to hear preachers come and to see them, to see how they handle the text. Even you know, most of them are very good, but even if one isn't, it, it's a great blessing to talk about it with people who care and. Um, there's always there's always spiritual fruit in hearing Christ preach to us through ministers. It's sweet how many area ministers are able to come and share in our chapel times yep. here, proclaim the word to us. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying about how that's a rich area mm-hmm. of churches uh, in this region. Uh, so we are able to draw a number of men, uh, ordained men, to do that. And it is a blessing. Um, mm-hmm. Three chapels a week prayer group as sam was talking about on fridays at some meet at different times but generally it's on a friday morning um so which really gets to the whole point of each student is is assigned an advisor mm-hmm. um and that's the person they pray with their advisor so the professors are intimately involved in that prayer time it's not just the students getting together but it's right. the professor as well who's right. kind of shaping you as it were at least academically but right. it's good to have that spiritual insight and guidance because all of the professors here are not just phd guys Right, but they're all ordained yes. ministers yes. in the gospel, and so they've been there. They they've been where we're trying to go, and so they can relate. I think in a, yeah. in a way that you just don't get sometimes with men who have never been in the ministry. Right, yep. and Bill, I'd add that the informal fellowship among the students is a great spiritual blessing. Yep, you know we have each other in each other's homes often. Sam and I are part of a yeah. informal discussion group on theology that one of the other students organized. Is this and the Bob Vink discussion group? No, no, that's one? different. That's different. We haven't really met for that. But but that's just one example. I've heard of a number of others yeah. through the school, but also through the church here, where the covenant where many students go. Um, Melissa and I have been warmly welcomed by the student mm. community mm-hmm. here. And that's a great encouragement. Yeah, that's wonderful. Last words. If you had to convince somebody, <laughs> don't, don't give me. I don't need more time. I can start. I <laughs> know. Oh, if you had to convince somebody to who wanted to go to seminary, was really serious thinking about it. Maybe they crossed all their eyes and dotted all their t's with their session and the mm-hmm. congregation, and so mm-hmm. they're they're prime ready to go. How would you convince them that Greenville is the place to go? Well, it really just depends on people's preferences. I mean, I I'm theologically conservative. Uh, I am. I love. I want to learn to preach. I think preaching is important. I mean, everything that Greenville stands for is something that I really came to before I even knew about the seminary. But uh, I think that the one thing I would say is that, and kind of going back to what we just talked about, spiritual life, I I think the Lord, I'm in a wonderful season of life right now. Mm -hmm. I am just literally on cloud nine. We've been on cloud nine since we've been here. Uh, God's really blessing us, me and my wife and our family. And it, it's just uh, Greenville is a part of that. Certainly, my church and uh, is is 
both Woodruff and now Mount Calvary. But uh, I just love being here. Uh, I feel connected with the professors. I love what I'm studying. I'm not wasting my time. I'm excited about how God's going to, uh, Lord willing, be glorified through my through my ministry in the future. And mm. I look at this time as just I'm in training. Get ready. You're about to go to war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I'm just fired up. So that, Dr- hopefully that motivates someone to come check it out. Yeah, I remember Dr. Curdle one time saying to a student um, who was grousing, as it were, about how busy they were and the, the amount of work that's got to get done, papers got to get written, and on and on it went. And he said, if you think you're busy now, he was, All right. <laughs> you're going to look back on these days in long form right, right. when you get out of here. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, part of the training of seminary isn't just sitting in the classroom, but it's recognizing all that workload in those late hours and those early mornings. And, and it's all, every aspect of it is really preparation for what's to come down the road. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and I have found that to be very true as um, at my particular station and age, which is, it's getting harder to do late nights and early mornings. But anyway, how about you, Michael? I, I, if I had a guess for your answer, I probably could guess it. But why don't you go ahead and tell everybody, if you were, had a room full of young, graduating liberal arts majors, and they were some of them were thinking about seminary, how would you convince them that they need to come here? Well, I like Sam and fired up about Greenville. It's a great place. As I said, I do believe it's the strongest reform seminary. I'm glad there are many strong ones, but Greenville is the best, and it's because it makes the best pastors and preachers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen in my experience in my presbytery and in the reformed churches in general. So I'd say if you are going to be a minister, come to Greenville, no question. I'd say even if you're not of the theological persuasion of Greenville, you should try to be, <laughs> because <laughs> this place teaches the Bible. Yes, it does. And by um, God's grace, yep. he's really kept us from a lot of errors and given us a rich supply of the truth, which is very encouraging and helpful. So I'd say all those things, but my counsel to a room full of liberal arts graduates is don't go to seminary. Hmm. Don't. Certainly don't go right away. But do not go unless you are sure that you can't do anything else. It sounds like Spurgeon. Yeah. Well, he was wise in that matter. Yep. Yep. Don't do anything else. The Lord needs truly called and gifted ministers. But I would add, if you are convinced that it's what you're called to, you can't do anything else, and your session approves, then you must go. And go for God's glory, go for the gospel. Preaching Christ is a great privilege, and I can't mm. wait for it one day. Every fiber of my being longs for it, and I'm excited to be here preparing for that good work. Yep. And it should be noted, too, that one of the reasons why I think, and I think you both would agree with this, one of the reasons why Greenville has been here now, I want to say 26 years. I might be off by a year or two. But I'm close. Um, but one of the reasons it's been able to withstand liberal attack, liberal attacks, which is almost commonplace for any institution, it always seems to slide at some point for some reason, is that this seminary has an outstanding board mm-hmm. of trustees, godly men, um, all of them, officers in the church, either elder teaching or ruling elders, um, not just from the OPC, not just from the PCA, but also some from the ARP and some from, I'm not going to get them all, so mm-hmm. forgive me, some from the RCUS, um, some from the PRC. Um, if you don't know what those are, just Google them. It's easy. Um, 
<laughs> I'm like Sam. When I first came to the Reform Faith, I thought there was only OPC, and that was it. I didn't know any better. And Bill, um, I just want to add one thing. I think it's very important. We're not triumphalists, and we're not proud. No. Greenville is a great place, but it's a place where sinners live, and, yep. and our board is our sinners. Our professors are sinners. There are weaknesses here at Greenville, um, but the gospel is here yep. richly. The Bible is here. Christ is here, and that's what makes us great. Yep. And so I would just encourage anyone not to think of Greenville a proud place. We do have many great blessings, but we understand they all come from God and from God alone. Yep. Nothing in us. So yeah. we're just grateful. Yeah, it's all it's all because of God's grace, undeserved. Um, and, and, and I see that modeled with the faculty. I think they recognize that. Yes. Um, on a daily basis, they they know they're they know why. Yes. It's happening. Yes, and and, and I I would say that it, I was not surprised, but I was encouraged as I got here and I kind of got my feet wet. I noticed that all the pastors, I mean all the all the uh, professors were like pastors. Mm-hmm. I think I really appreciated that because they they care they care for us, which I think may not always be the case. Yep. Um, One of the things that really encouraged me was when I saw the faculty get together every week to pray. Yeah, it's great. On their own. Yeah. With, with, um, you know, together. Encouraging. It was very encouraging yeah. to see that. So, and to know that our president prays for every student mm. in this building. Yeah, incredible. Um, every week, every two he, he weeks now, because about, it gets so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, it inspires me and encourages me that, that our president would do that. Yeah, and, and we're not, you know, we're not the biggest school. But I think it's worked, it's, <laughs> right, worked, it's worked to our advantage because of that, because we were able to get to know each other, and the faculty able to get to know you, and they can pray intelligently for the needs of the students, and they can have that time of interaction with the students between classes. They're not always so busy that they don't that they don't have time to talk to us about whatever. I know I've personally been through some some things, and I was able to go to my advisor and sit down and cry, right. um, because I knew he's listening, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it's just it, it's nice to not be huge. Not, yeah. that I, not that I don't want to be huge, but it's nice not to be huge in that way. Um, yeah. But I think what Michael said is well said. Um, nothing we're doing here is, is the reason. It's because we are trying to be obedient to what the Scriptures teach. God has been gracious. God has been gracious. Amen. God has been gracious. I mean, that's what un- the undercurrent throughout all of this is that God has been gracious to this school to give us men who are committed to the Scriptures, who desire to really by a labor of love, and I'm not going to expound on that, but I can tell you it is a labor of love for most of these professors to spend the time they, they, they spend to try to teach and train men for the ministry. There is no question in my mind. I remember just recently I was listening to a sermon critique by a man. Well, I won't say who he is. It's, it's awful. Um, it's not in reform circles. It's one of those mega church type models, and um, and I was as I was as I was listening to this critique, I just could not help but um, have my attention drawn to the to the amount of effort and labor professors here at the school put into us so that we would rightly handle God's word. Um, and as I said, much of it is a labor of love. From these guys and so i very much appreciate that and i'm sure you share that same um sentiment as well yes anything further you'd like to say you want to say hi to somebody <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a shout out is that what we do no i'm just kidding i just say bill thank you for the privilege of yeah absolutely this privilege today. was mine um I, i've always enjoyed doing this each year because i get to know 
you guys a little bit better. Um, I know we bump into the halls and we're all kind of going 100 miles an hour in eight different directions. And most of us are not in the classes together because we're at different places in our seminary lives and um, stations. And, I, and Michael just getting married. I mean, what, it's great. I, it caused me to think back 26 years. <laughs> it caused me to think back 26 years to that day when and and you're having children and, and it makes me think back to the day I had my first and my second and you know all was well with the world kind of feeling at that point. But um, but yes, the privilege is mine. I get to know you guys a little bit better and uh, kind of hear kind of hear your heart and uh, your desires for the not only now but for the future as well. So I really appreciate it. But thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I'm sure it, you could have been studying Greek vocab. And, That's what I'm doing right and, as I get done whatever. He, Sam's already working out. He's got his phone in his hand now. It's an Apple. You know, to for, forgive the man, we don't advocate Apple users here at Greenville Seminary. But since both of them in the room <laughs> are, are big Apple users, <laughs> two, um, I'm, two against one. <laughs> I'm kind of outnumbered, but I have my hand on the mute button, so I can always stop them at any moment. But no, I'm just kidding about that. Um, but anyway, but thank you for being on and for talking really, I mean, candidly about your experiences so far and i doubt that i'll be able to do your interview on your fourth year lord willing i won't be here <laughs> but we never know <laughs> it, it, dr Parker threatened to flunk me so i'd have to hang around for a while um but uh, we'll see what happens as that's concerned so thank you again for being on the program let me give everybody a little update what's going on on the program uh who's coming up next i have no idea um and i say that a lot because uh, i don't have it in front of me and i'm not going to look uh, so go to the website. That's where you can find out who is on tap for um, for upcoming episodes. I can tell you this. We are working on a few podcasts to deal with various topics. Uh, for instance, we are working on a, a discussion both with Dr. Wilborn and Dr. Piper on the offices of the church. The officers of the church, both elder and deacon, in 2005, they both gave a conference lecture on that subject, and I think it's one that needs to be revisited and uh, so we're going to have a sit down with them in the near, very near future to talk about the various offices in the church, elder and deacon. So that should be a very informative discussion by men who have lectured and read and written much about those subjects. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. I plan on learning much as I uh, engage them in this topic. Uh, also, it, speaking of Dr. Wilborn, we're going to be doing an interview with him on the Confessional Presbyterian Theological Journal that's put out every year. It's a fantastic journal. If you don't have it, you should subscribe to it. You should get it. It's not super expensive by any means. And uh, this year's edition just happens to be on Southern Presbyterianism. So that's why we're going to be talking with Dr. Wilborn, who's what I consider to be quite the expert when it comes to Southern Presbyterian thought. So we're going to have him in studio to talk about that. And that's coming up in the next few weeks. So stay tuned to those discussions. So until then, we we do thank you for listening to this particular edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And God bless.